Welcome to the RV Navigator Podcast, your RV lifestyle digital home. Visit the RV Navigator homepage at rvnavigator.com. And now, here are your hosts, Ken and Martha, podcasting from their mobile RV studio that might be parked in a campground near you. Hello, this is Ken, your RV Navigator. And Martha, the co-pilot. And we're talking to you from the high desert, probably our last stop in the desert. the time to head home. In Moab, Utah, a city laced with With adrenaline junkies. (laughs) Yes, indeed. And we are here at the exact right moment. No, we're here at the exact wrong moment because there's about to be a four-wheel drive. a four-wheel drive Jeep driving by at this very moment. Really? Um, It reminds us a lot of when we inadvertently stumbled upon the uh, motorcycle (laughs) rally in Sturgis, Sturgis, South Dakota. And we are here for the very beginnings of this four-wheel drive rally that we read will include over a thousand cars careening up and down mountainsides. No, no, 6,000 people they're expecting. 6,000 people, even more. Yeah, so we feel lucky that we have a campsite here. And we feel also very lucky that we own a Jeep. So we do feel part of the <laughs> of the experience. <laughs> However, our geezer Jeep <laughs> is not uh does not have high enough clearance and short enough wheel base uh-huh. to um navigate the kind of roads people are doing around here. Well, road quotation marks. Anyway, before we get started on that, you have joined us for the April two thousand thirteen podcast number 96 you realize we're coming up to being a hundred here oh shortly. we'll have to have a special <laughs> celebration no i didn't <laughs> and of course we have been on the road ever since uh the last uh, podcast uh, last month we were in palm springs california and this has been an intensive month of travel yeah i just have to say I've unlike feeling, our usual winters i've been feeling a little guilty because Uh. all these nice people keep bugging us about having two podcasts a month and they know (laughs) it's my fault that we don't we've just been really busy sightseeing you know most winters we spend them kind of uh, relaxing in warm places and in places and seeing the things that are there but not doing a lot of travel and we've been in places we've seen before more recently yeah and so we don't run around in the tourist mode as much and in my mind um you can be in the rv and be in your living in the house kind yeah. of mode yeah. where you might go out and do something for an afternoon but you stay home and do the laundry and pay the bills and all that boring stuff you never want to talk about you have about. a day off once in a while or you um go 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 from morning until night and certainly southern utah has Whoa. so much going for it even this, though we have been in this area before uh we remember leaving frustrated because yes. we didn't have time to do all that there was to do and i can see that we will be leaving tomorrow with still lots of things yes. unleft to do that will bring us back right. here again so since our last podcast uh we will kind of go through these in some sort of order we went to we spent a week in las vegas and surrounding area primarily las vegas and then we went to st george and then we went to Canab. And then to Page, Page Arizona, Arizona and, which is just over the border. And then to <laughs> no, from Page, oh Monument Valley, Monument Valley, and then to, to Moab. Well, Moab, where we are now. And you know, we gotta say that if you're a foreign visitor coming to the United States, I would say you have the best concentration of scenic views and quintessential western terrain and things you can't see in other parts of the world in in southern utah without a lot of driving in between because every time we moved i think our longest drive was 150 miles yeah yeah we haven't driven yeah we haven't driven all that far but southern utah is just and the very northern part of arizona is just spectacular scenery as is befitting uh the number of pictures that we have taken This has been a banner photography session because blue skies, red rocks, uh, tan rocks, gray rocks, yellow rocks, uh, monuments sticking out of the bottom of valleys, you know, five and six hundred feet high. A is little just, more vegetation than oh, we saw in yeah, Arizona. It's just, you it's just, just can't staggering. stop taking pictures. 
And as I say, you know, if you're looking for this kind of uh, uh, quintessential Western experience uh, as a foreign visitor, this is the place to to come and, and see it all. And I would say the spring and fall seem to be the best time to be here. Yes, because um, it's oh, because it's been, the, weather's it's, been the weather's been pleasant. I would say light jacket weather. Yeah. Um, and we know that later on in the summer, when we used to come yeah, to they these areas, about, yes. it gets very hot, and the dryness bothers you. Their high season it is, doesn't bother is us spring now. and fall. Um, and I'm guessing that January and February would be too Cold. early because it snows here. And a lot of the things would be closed. Right. But uh, at this time of year, it's just, here we are at the beginning of April, and it's just beginning to get the season going. And things are beginning to happen. And the weather is becoming very nice, but there's still snow around if yeah. you drive too high. And, of course, this is one of our problems in, in driving home because from here, we're right here at the beginning of April. And this is no April Fool's joke. We will be traveling through Denver, uh, and we have been watching the weather there. And, of course, this year in particular has been one of those years when uh, the snows. And we just heard about a blizzard uh, that closed the Eisenhower Eisenhower Tunnel tunnel just yesterday. And so we're crossing our fingers as we head east across the Rockies. Um, And that's a big problem. We don't know exactly where to cross the Rockies. From here, we either go through Flagstaff or we go through Denver to get home. Could snow either way. And why are we going home so early? Because we have to go home and get ourselves turned around so we can leave again. (laughs) We wouldn't want to have a month without travel. We're going to have more like barely three weeks, I think, before we leave again. We're going to have kind of an early podcast uh, for the May podcast because we will be, in one month, we will be literally at sea because we are going from Fort Lauderdale across the Atlantic Ocean to Europe uh, on a cruise, which will be another exciting adventure, which you'll hear about, I'm sure. Uh, even if you're an RVer, you might be interested in knowing a little bit about Northern Europe. But uh, we started this uh, after going after doing California. And mm, now that we have been to California... For some winter time, we spent two weeks in Palm Springs. Uh, I don't think we mentioned that last time because we didn't know we were spending the second week there. We found another deal, so we, we could found stay another on. deal, so we were able to stay in Palm Springs. We liked Palm Springs. I liked it very much. Yes. It had a very nice mixture of cultural things and shows and and fine dining opportunities um, mixed with outdoor stuff, very close at hand. Um, both things that I really like to do. Right, and decent weather. It's seems like the weather for the entire winter season would be nice there, as long as you're nice and low. It's probably cool, but uh, sunny and bright and most of the time, because they have 300 days or 350 days of sun, so you're going to have sun. And of course, the green, with all the water they have, which is, just, is incredible. Yeah. We did a little bike riding after uh, the podcast. Uh, we did quite a lot of touring. We went to hiking <laughs> to the Polo. <laughs> yeah, we went to the polo ground in India. It was something we had never seen before. A free tailgating experience. You bring right. your picnic lunch and your lawn chairs, and you watch the polo players race up and down the field right in front of you. Yeah, cool. but, uh, but I doubt that we will go back to California for a winter. I would like to. I liked it very much, but it was expensive, and all the campgrounds were a good 15 miles out of That's town. That's a big problem. And we did a lot of driving, and the California gas is also expensive. And it's a long way from home. Yeah. So if you're traveling through the area, it's definitely worth stopping in Palm Springs in the winter, spring, summer, or in the fall. But uh, in terms of us staying there for a long term, unlikely. So then we drove uh, about uh, 150 miles to Las Vegas, which, of course, is the quintessential party capital of the world, uh, at least of the United States. And we stayed in a nice campground there that was about 15 minutes from the Strip. So not nearly as much driving. Not nearly as much driving. And we really enjoy going to Las Vegas every once in a while. We do not gamble at all. At all. But we love to go to the shows. We love to wander up and down the Strip and see what's new, or in some cases what isn't new. Um, it looked to us like the uh, recession in 2008 really put the stop to some major construction. Ooh, yes. So we saw some half-finished, probably, casino hotels and some empty spots. Kind of looked like a six-year-old's mouth after a few teeth fell out. But some fabulous hotels that we had not seen 
that had been built since the last and we time took, we were there. Yeah, took a lot of pictures. I enjoy taking nighttime pictures, and we, we saw a bunch of shows, but we didn't buy any tickets in advance. They have a very nice um, uh, half-price, more or less, ticket booth. There are a number of them up and down the Strip. It's easy to get a map and, and see which one is closest to where you are. And you stand in line. Uh, there's a scrolling screen that shows you what shows they have tickets for either that day or in the case of some of the smaller shows, you can buy a day ahead. They also sell some um, discounts on restaurants, which we didn't found, find particularly yeah, a good deal. Yeah, that was a new, new but, us. But um, it's a nice thing to have there. Um, and of course, so the sh- dinner and a show. Yes. And of course, the shopping there is amazing. The malls go on oh, yes, for miles yes. and miles and miles. And there's, there's, mall, uh, there's discount shopping as well as mall shopping. And once again, we were there at the perfect season because it was bright blue skies and delightful temperatures in the upper 60s and 70s, which you don't think about in Las Vegas. In terms of uh, going to Las Vegas, the campgrounds are quite nice and reasonably priced. We got a, a a gambling deal, I guess, uh, for $20 a night. We stayed there a week at Arizona's Arizona Charlie's, Charlie's uh, campground. We drove down, and the nice thing about going to the Strip is, is that there's tons of free parking. Everywhere. Everywhere. Just right behind the Strip. So unlike going to, well, Chicago or to New York or any other big city where you have to pay big time for parking, all the parking on the Strip is free, and you just walk through the casino, and you're out on the Strip, and you can enjoy all the activities. And in actuality, you could do quite a lot in Las Vegas for very little money. It's an interesting place to see. We went to the top of the Eiffel Tower, which cost 5 or $6. A little more. But we had geezer rates, too. Oh, that's right. Oh. And we, we did some rates. museums, which is something that you don't think that's about right. we went when to the you Neon think Museum. of Las Vegas. Uh, they've fairly recently recognized that the neon, which Las Vegas has been known for since its earliest days, is an art form in and of itself. And they're starting to preserve some classic examples of neon. It looked to me like they had a lot more neon stuff than they had place to display it, and a lot of it was not in good repair yes. yet, but it's a work in progress. So this is a museum I would recommend to you. And downtown, two or three blocks from Fremont Street, we also went to the Mob Museum, which was very well done as well. Uh, <laughs> yes, new the museums, Museum. New yes. museums just we wanted to see have a lot Vegas. more interactive stuff and video stuff. It's not just looking at stuffed birds in a glass case, which gets boring pretty fast. And, and you Put your hands on a Tommy gun. Even though... Obviously, the focus was on the mob as it relates to Las Vegas. I'm sad to say that many of the things we saw there were very familiar in Chicago to us from our hometown and all our many years of living in that area and mob activities there. But it was very well done. Um, yes. I would recommend both places. And we had a visit from a listener. That was very fun. Yes. Um, I hope they enjoyed it as much as we did. Uh, this is a young couple who is contemplating the full-timing life and very inexperienced. By young, we mean 50. We yeah. Very inexperienced in the RV department, so they had a lot of questions. and They were uh, struggling with the decision to buy a fifth wheel or a motorhome. Motor and, of course, after seeing their motorhome, I think we've helped them make their decision. <laughs> there are a lot of advantages to a motorhome when you're doing a lot of traveling. If you have the money. Yeah. And they were going to travel and work. So, Mike and Elizabeth, have fun. We And stay in touch. We want to hear the end of the story. Exactly. So we are glad to provide a consulting services for any of our listeners who may want to come and visit us in a campground near us, no less. Las Vegas was a photo bonanza. You know, all the neon, and I took my tripod, and we've been shooting pictures like mad. And I also got a GoPro. And a GoPro is a... Uh, high-risk camera. It's very small uh, and fairly expensive, but it is uh, for the extreme sports person. And they have all sorts of accessories to attach it to your uh, helmet, to put it on a a headpiece. You can put it on your bike handlebars, all sorts of places that you can put your GoPro camera. And and it is... uh, in its case, which comes with it, it is waterproof, and it has virtually no moving parts, so it will take a lot of uh, abuse. <laughs> and what you'll be excited about is is that I bought it to take aerial photographs with my model helicopter. 
which is also something that I've been playing around with. I bought a helicopter, had it delivered by, of course, Amazon Prime, and Amazon Prime delivered my helicopter, my (laughs) remote control helicopter. It's about uh, two feet long and has a wingspan of about 18 era rotor span of about 18 inches. I've had some trouble flying it. It doesn't fly in anything but the very calmest of weather. Should we say that we are looking at (laughs) helicopter number three of the winter? (laughs) No, that's not fair. So I finally got one that uh, would hold the camera. Uh, So I decided to buy a GoPro because it was uh, hardy and would take a little bit of abuse. And so I Velcroed the GoPro onto the helicopter and have taken some aerial photographs. Um, I'm not sure this is my final solution, but uh, it has been fun. These little helicopters are inexpensive, which is cool. Um, a remote control complete helicopter is about $70 of decent size. And you can actually sit outside and fly it, and that includes everything. The remote control, the batteries, and the helicopter. So this is uh, could be something that's kind of fun for somebody, for a lot of my listeners. And adding a camera adds another cool dimension, and the GoPro is the perfect for that. Yes, I've seen a lot of men of a certain age in campgrounds this winter flying helicopters or crashing helicopters. One time he well, they flew are it fairly hardy into the motorhome. I'm ironing away. Well, I, also, I hear this giant crash. It's I also the motor flew it into somebody else's motorhome. <laughs> And they came rushing out. Did they? You didn't tell me that. Oh, really? No, yes. And they, uh, well, they weren't angry, really. They it just didn't were, they do were, any damage. No, no, no. They were no, surprised. That's it. They were very surprised to hear this thing crash against the... So it is hardy enough to ex- to take the crashes. And the GoPro, fortunately, has kept on ticking. So uh, it is a worthwhile project. And what I've been doing now is using it... As a dashboard <laughs> cam. After seeing... <laughs> All the Russian dashboard cams. After that asteroid crashed into Russia, right, we yeah. saw that on the news. And I've used the um, the iPad with uh, iStop Motion as a tool to take dashboard camera pictures, but uh, the GoPro actually works quite a lot better. And that's another nice thing about the GoPro. It has all sorts of features that are specifically oriented toward extreme sports, like it has built-in time-lapse. And, of course, it does movies and things, too, but it will automatically, when you press the button, it'll automatically take a picture once every 10 seconds or once an hour or whatever you want it to to shoot so that you can get some really nice time lapses. With a little bit of glue stuff, you can stick it onto the dashboard and shoot out your window. And it also has a very nice wide-angle lens. I I can't say enough about the the GoPro. Small, rugged. Small, rugged, and it... Uh, you could shoot right into the sun. You can shoot uh, all sorts of different times. At night, I was shooting uh, some nighttime shots in Las Vegas, and they turned out good, too. So this camera is a quality camera. I bought the, I think it's the only one that's currently available, the Hero 3, and it comes with a waterproof case and uh, some accessories, and then, of course, you can buy all sorts of other accessories. So have you taken any pictures with it with the helicopter that are worth sharing? I'm going to put some on the website, of course. Okay. What do you mean, uh, there was any worth sharing? <laughs> I've gotten 25 feet into the air. <laughs> Pictures of your feet and the gravel and the sky. And, and, and I even have a picture of the helicopter flying. That it took of itself? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I don't think I've seen that. Well, that's because the camera was had fallen off on the ground <laughs> face up. And the helicopter landed on it. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't laugh so loud. The learning curve is steep. Yeah, and of course, one of the other things is, is that it shoots so many pictures. I mean, when I import them, I'm importing five thousand pictures. Whoa! And then I oh, either that, and then I take them and make them into a movie. I have, uh, that is the best way to do time lapse to me. I don't. It doesn't do the movies automatically, so you have to have a little piece of software on your computer, which will turn the stills into a movie. But that's no problem. I'll try to at least put a link up uh, on our website so that you can see that. You can see my trial, trials and tribulations. The picture of your feet. <laughs> yeah, well, I wouldn't put up any pictures of the time lapse of the helicopter because the helicopter spins around and goes up and down very rapidly. You'd be nauseated. <laughs> yeah, you'd be nauseated in a real hurry. Anyway, so we took off for 
Las Vegas. We stayed a week. And then after that, we decided to, and this was all uh, pretty much on the spur of the moment. We haven't made any plans for this. And the nice thing about traveling at this time of year is that the campgrounds have been empty and there's been really no problem. We, Although we were in Las Vegas on NASCAR weekend. We, yeah. we hit these things without yeah. even knowing. And March Madness was beginning as we were leaving. Right. So we left and went to St. George's. And St. George's... And there we didn't stay exactly where we wanted to stay because it was an ATV rally that that's weekend. Right. ATV is right. very we called big the campground. Yeah, in that's right. St. George. But the campground we stayed at was empty. Yeah. It was just, just a few big. miles out of town, and that yeah, made all the yeah. difference in the world. Yeah. Because this is a huge ATV, you know, four-wheel drive, all sorts of extreme sports area. Motorized. But St. George is the low point in Utah. Utah. It's in the south Elevation western wise. corner. And it is noted for fine weather and warm weather. We always see it on a, on the lists of best places to retire in magazines. It's about an hour and a half from yes, Las it's Vegas. Number three so this year. It'd be easy to fly in and out if, if that's something you like to do. Um, it was a good-sized town. Uh, we did not get to investigate the town as much as we would like to because we were distracted by yet another repair issue. We uh, pulled into uh. the tourist information place to get informed about the area. We always do that. And Ken had Friday difficulty afternoon. releasing the emergency brake once it was the time parking to leave. And then we drove to the campground, checked in, and <laughs> we were parked by the office, as you do, and the parking brake would not release at all. So on a motorhome like this, you have an it's an air brake system, and the transmission doesn't have a park. So you put the transmission in neutral, and then you put on the air parking brake, which is a large dial or knob on the dashboard. And it's a mechanical device, uh, and it controls the air to the brakes. And so that when you pull it out, it apply, it actually removes the pressure and applies the brakes. The air pressure keeps the brakes off. So the, for the first time, even though we've been members for many years, uh, we contacted Good Sam, the emergency oh, not only, not only roadside con- assistance. Ken had downloaded the app, the app. into his this phone. This is very cool. They came on instantly almost their first question of course was are you okay and are you in yes, a safe we were place very impressed with this. and then they worked very hard to find on a friday afternoon uh someone who would drive to leeds utah to our campground to get Literally. us going again this is the app you put in all your information in advance and so that when you need assistance you just press the button that says, I need assistance. And Good Sam knows everything about you that it needs to know. And it worked like a charm. It was amazing. I, we were so impressed. Yes, I just push the button. The guy comes on the line and says, I know where you are. I know what's your vehicle. I know all about your vehicle because you put that all that information in in advance. And, you know, what's the problem? What do you need? And they had trouble finding somebody who would come out and help on us. On a Friday afternoon. Yes, he had to call us back a couple of times. But finally they found somebody who would come out and fix us on a Friday. Friday afternoon. And long story short, we didn't actually get fixed till Monday morning. They did get us off the. They disabled the back brakes so we could just inch our way right. into our campsite. So we fortunately, were, we were at a place where we didn't have to drive. Yeah, we were camped comfortably. Uh, they came back Monday morning with exactly what we needed. Right. The good Sam paid for about half, half the, of right. the bill. Well, they pay for the service call. They make it very clear up front that they don't pay for the repair, but they pay for the service call, which in this case was about the half half the price of the total service call. And in many ways, it was a much pleasanter experience than going somewhere to get something repaired, where you sit around and those yeah, we'd had to yes, yeah. tap your fingers in impatience because they still haven't started your rig, even though we've right. been there for three hours. Uh, the service could not have been better. I would say that's. I would agree with that. So we were very happy with the with Good Sam from that that point of view. However, our jack repair, and you know we have we have these wonderful hydraulic jacks that haven't worked since. Uh, a couple of stops after they were repaired at Lazy Days in Tucson, Arizona. If you're getting tired of hearing about our jacks, (laughs) we're getting tired of thinking about our jacks. So once again, for our trip home, we have had to time ourselves carefully to uh, have a repair appointment in Moscow, Iowa. 
But two campgrounds ago, Ken kind of what the heck hit the jack button. Oh, I do every time. And the jacks came down. And they came down again here. Yes. So, what to do? We have an appointment with Moscow, Iowa, and HWH, and we were planning on stopping there on the way home, but... We very much would like not to have to. Yes, but so we haven't quite decided what to do. It kind of depends on what happens after we leave here. If they continue to work, it's hard to get them repaired, because what do you say? All right, uh, so after uh, Leeds, uh, St. George, Utah, we went to Kanab. Oh, and this area is uh, quite scenic and very nice area also. We were not going to spend a lot of time on that. And from there, we went to uh, Page, Arizona, which is kind of... What, what, instead of going around the top... Oh, we went to... Oh, let, let's see. This is right near Bryce and Zion, too, right. we should say. That right. We went there. So we went to Zion. And if we you went there from St. George. Right. And if you continue north, you take the expressway across the state... Of Utah. ...to Denver... But we, but we, we decided to go two south. Lane roads right. that, two lane roads. Go right along the Arizona Utah border. And this would be the way that you'd go to the north rim of the Grand Canyon. Which isn't open yet this time of year. Yeah, we were going to go to the Grand Canyon, but it doesn't open till May, which is hard to believe. And it would have been very difficult to go here. there anyway because we found out when we got to Page that there was a major road collapse. Route collapse. 89. Um, 12 miles of it <laughs> fell off the side of the mountain, apparently. <laughs> so Two years. So to do that drive, you do a 150-mile detour these days. So if you're planning on driving in that area anytime Ooh-wee. soon, check it out. <laughs> Once again, uh, this is that uh, red rock area, that desert-ish area with all sorts of rock formations sticking out of the ground. Page is uh, famous for the the dam, which uh, on the Colorado River, and something we just didn't know about until we started to go there, and that's Antelope Canyon. The Slot Canyons. You've seen pictures of the Slot Canyons. With the wavy, undulating sides. It looks like the, the, mo- the rocks are made out of whipped cream as they're Right, and there are lots of Slot Canyons. And these Slot Canyons are so narrow that f- fat people... Yeah. That um, amply endowed folks like ourselves... With knapsacks on full of photography equipment. ...have a hard time going through. Uh, you have to take a tripod because... No, we did fine. You have to take pictures in very dark conditions because there's not a lot of light down there but we did three or four tours that included slot canyons and so i have now tons of slot canyon pictures but i'd never even heard well i'd seen pictures of it but i didn't know where where they they were were. and they're not what you call a predominant rock formation because they're under the ground (coughs) exactly they're under the ground so you don't even know they're there so you drive up to them and you say well where am i going and they take you on a little jeep and all of a sudden you're 70 feet below the the surface and you're walking through this canyon and all the canyons are on navajo land and after some um deaths that occurred when rainstorms far away uh funneled all the water into slot canyons and i think 12 people died uh they've decided that you cannot go into these caves without a navajo guide who knows the area and knows when to get out Uh, you pay a little fee to go on their land and depending on which canyon you tour it's more or less expensive to go through with a guide but well worth it Yes, uh, and that was a great tour, and we've got some fabulous pictures there. And one thing I want to add, both for this area and for Kanab, um, we usually try to do things on the cheap and do a lot of research <laughs> ourselves, but we really profited in both places from hiring a guide for the day. Yes. Uh, they have equipment that you don't own. They have know-how of where to go and how to get there, and we learn so much from them. Yes. So if you have a few extra boxes and you're it- touring, uh, go on. On TripAdvisor and do a little research about tours in the area, you will certainly get so much more out of it. We went, for instance, to an Antelope Canyon. Our guide said, set your tripod right here, and in three minutes, the sun will be coming right down through. There'll be a shaft of light, and whoop, there it was. Well worth having a guide there because the pictures were spectacular, I would say. I hate to say that about my own photos, but... It's a spectacular place. It's a spectacular place. It's hard not to take great pictures there. Uh, From there, we went to Monument Valley. Once again, a Navajo Indian activity. 
And there again, you can pay an entrance fee and do a 17-mile drive through many of the most prominent um, monuments that you've seen in many Western movies. Yeah. But we hired a guide who took us backcountry and to places that we had Mm -hmm. no knowledge of and set us up in good photographic spots and yep. taught us a lot about the Navajo culture. It was a great exactly. afternoon. So, yeah, that was good. There's not a lot to do in Monument Valley. Monument Valley is a one-day shot. It's remote. It, well, and there's, it's unlike other places, there's not much else to do. It's we just, could have done a hike yeah, there also. Just one, though. Yeah. There it's not a lot of activities, unlike when you come to Moab. Moab is kind of a everything sort of city. It could pass for the Grand Canyon. It could pass for Monument Valley. It has great extreme sports activities it has uh, scenic snow-capped mountains which you can drive in right now so that it it really if you have one place one city to go in southern utah i would say it would be moab tons of places to camp uh, great camping we have driven past campsites along the colorado river right. that were not in our literature or right. we haven't found them on the web yet uh, so we want to check those out further it, 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 biking and nice commercial campgrounds as well of course mountain biking um oh. extreme sports uh white water rafting hot air ballooning sadly a young man a few days ago oh. jumped off an arch and the well, rope bungee cord off the was, arch was, was a little was too killed. long and he crashed into the ground uh, and died and died yes so um there's a lot going on here um sadly <laughs> as we look around most of the people we see are 30 to 40 years younger than we are <laughs> They are doing uh, four-wheeling in Jeeps. Now, ATV is one sort of four-wheeling, but we were surprised. I didn't even know this was really an activity that you could do big time, uh, and that is you. they have specialized Jeeps. And these are not Jeeps that are over-the-road Jeeps. They are specialized because they bring them in on trailers, so you don't dr- even drive in. So behind the RV, instead of having an ATV, they have a, a couple of specialized Jeeps You know, with big tires, and very high off the ground. And and so there are some 6,000 people here this weekend because it is a Jeep weekend. And there's a rally going on. And they have backcountry trips. There are going to be 30 backcountry. Different routes. Different routes where you go through uneven terrain, to say the least. Now, we went into Canyonlands National Park, and they had what they called um, a gravel drive. We decided to take it, 15 miles. They said, oh, you can take it with a, almost any four-wheel drive. So we did. So we did. And it was an exciting ride. One of us loved it, and one of us hated <laughs> I it. I had a good time. <laughs> Our uh, Grand Cherokee uh, performed very well. As did But you. it was the first time that it had actually gone over rocks, and Big we needed uh, low wheel, four wheel drive, and it needed uh, all the the guts that it had in order to make it over these these roads. Big boulders, so, soft sand, very thin roads, um, narrow narrow roads, ledges, the sides hey. of the mountains. So next up, time you talk to us, down. we may have our own specialized jeep that we tow behind us instead so. with these monster tires. We have seen people come into town with a truck pulling a fifth wheel, pulling a jeep. Yes. That's tough to do. But it's just amazing that these rather expensive vehicles that you can't really drive them on the road. That seems strange. And they're so open. I mean, we really are dusty here. Everything that we own is covered with. Oh, yes. I washed the car yesterday. There's a huge pile of red sand. I'm washing my hands constantly because everything you touch is dusty. And these vehicles are open. And certainly in the morning and the evening, it gets cold here in the desert. Yes, indeed. And it doesn't look that much fun to me. So we now see that we are going to be traveling home. And hopefully, the road home will be free of snow. Although we did drive in snow the other day with the Jeep because. Uh, we were up on the top of the mountains, which was a, that's a nice experience. We can actually see snow on the mountains right now. Uh, so this is a great area to visit, and we strongly recommend it. But as we drive home, we know that it's a little bit early, so I may actually have to winterize the motorhome. That's a bummer. But you, dear listeners, are probably thinking about spring. And by the time you listen to this, it will be time to... 
pack up and get going. Pack up and get going. And so we know that you're anxious to get out on the road and to start RVing once again for the summer season. And we will be with you every step of the way. And we now have a chance to hear the second half of our fabulous interview. And the first half of the interview got very good reviews from uh, numerous listeners. So we're very happy to, to share with you the second half of our interview with uh, Howard and Linda Payne from RV Dreams. And so that you can get to know them just a little bit better, uh, we visited with them in... Quartzsite at their boondocking rally. At, right, in February. And they talked about their full-timing life and yes. how they got to where they are now. So here is part two of the Howard and Linda interview. That is the greatest part of RV Dreams, are the people. It's and, the greatest and, part of and it. RVing in and RVing in general. And RVing in general. Did you expect this? Uh, absolutely no. So what, what caused you to start RV Dreams? Money. Ah. Uh-huh. It was But a, you weren't earning any money at the beginning. Right. No. <laughs> well, it which a, is natural. It was a purely financial But no expertise. Decision. But no expertise. You're right. Right. No to expertise. Basically be able to earn income while traveling via the web. Uh-huh. And that was the pure start of it was to create a niche mm-hmm. to possibly earn income for the future. And then it just evolved evolved into this well you took advantage of the of the opportunities that were available as they became available and that that's a well attribute. we listen to our readers yeah. i mean we have so much interaction with our readers we listen to them you know and they were the ones that were asking for the rally and you know we would get so many mm-hmm. questions we'd get emails pouring in of the same question over and over and over and over. That's how the forum was started. Because we were like, we can't answer this same question 15,000 times. We want to put it out here so that people can go find it. We listened to what our readers wanted and then kind of figured things out from there. Yeah, and and like you said, with the forum, the chat room, and, and starting the rallies, it's people connecting with each other mm-hmm. you know, more than us sure it's because it, you these big the rallies, we, we don't have time for to sit and chat with everybody no but they're all meeting and, and talking and having their own gatherings across the country and and it's just amazing how this kind of pay it forward thing is working across mm-hmm. the country and and we get to be a part of it and just privileged to do that and it, it's it's just amazing that, you know this little idea for some passive income has just grown and expanded and touched our hearts in such a way that we'd never imagined it's like each time we get an yeah. email from somebody that flew the nest mm-hmm. that's what we always say <laughs> oh so and so flew the nest they've they've yeah, sold their yeah, home yeah, they're yeah. out on the road because you know they can't wait to tell us sure, you sure. know we we've been waiting to do this and we sold the house and we're we're now two days into full timing you know and we're, we're, we're like oh, here this week right you know so we're like yay we flew the nest we had another one that right. left the nest you know so it's it's so much fun to experience that over and over and over with others yeah, the joy of it. The joy of it, yeah. So is it a full-time job to do RV Dreams? It, it takes, could be. It could be a full-time. It takes a few hours a day just a day. to do what we do. What well, are the components? Um, and, and about what breakdown us to time? So you have the website. I spend anywhere from two to four hours each day putting pictures together uh-huh. and writing a the two journal. to four hours. Two to four hours doing a, our blog. Yeah. Um, and then it's just sporadic throughout the day answering emails. Uh, yeah. Um, and it depends on the questions that we get as to how detailed mm-hmm. we, we are and how long those take. And, and they can sure. take a long time I'd sometimes. Tell me about it. And, you know, then we have to go through the forum and... And, and uh, so how that takes so the forum is entirely separate. The forum is is separate. Um, we have a couple of moderators, a couple of people that do a great job moderating uh-huh. the forum for uh-huh. us, and so I, I don't have to spend nearly as much Good. time okay. with that. But I do have to go in there and I have to see who has signed up, and maybe their confirmation email yeah, yeah, yeah. got lost, and they're yeah, technical issues. And, yeah, technical issues and things like that. And then we have our other businesses that are going right. on yeah. on the outside of that, such as the RV mm-hmm. Wayne. You have three. At least, I don't even know how many we have anymore. But um, you know, we're uh, constantly um, contacting other rallies to see if we can come and do wings at their rallies. Mm-hmm. We're scheduling our you rallies. Them. They don't contact you. 
it's both ways, both ways. Both ways. Mm-hmm. Um, we are, we're trying to set our next rally dates. Well, that's what I'm the thinking places. about. Now, the, how much time would you spend planning? Lots and it, it's lots. Selection of, of a rally site takes yeah, the most time. I would think so. Is finding finding a place that has an indoor facility. Yeah. So, so we don't want we want, don't want to mess with weather right. when we're right. doing seminars. Right. So you know, a lot of places have big pavilions. So we have to look for RV parks that have like have, conference centers yeah, or you know where we yeah. can do seminars and get Meeting each other in, indoors at night. We have stayed away from the fairgrounds. We try to give our folks more of an RV park experience mm-hmm. than a, than a fairground type. So you know that that kind of limits our options. So it takes a lot of time finding those places. Once we get that part set, we've kind of got it down to a science. The registration and... Yeah, and I handle all the and registrations that. as they come in and create a spreadsheet, keep track of all that the organizations. time, though. Well, it I does, mean, but it, they're coming in sporadically. Uh-huh. It's... You know, we may work some in the morning and some at night mm-hmm. and play during the, you know, well, the course. afternoon or I'm whatever. Not, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's the beauty of it. That's the beauty of the lifestyle. Right. Um, so we Lock the door, put down the shades. You know, and then, and then, of course, we have the RV Dreams Facebook page oh. that we're trying to grow. And I uh-huh. handle the, all the Facebook hmm, stuff. Um, so, well, what we found is that people were really, really interested in as it was happening. Yes, of course. Okay, and that's what Facebook is all about, is yeah. as something's Works happening. Better. Because sometimes Howard gets behind in writing the journal. He may sure. be a couple of days before he gets the journal posted, and people were sending us emails. Are you okay? Really? We haven't heard from you. Your, your blog's not posted. Are you oh, okay? Yes. And so we get emails of people concerned about us, you know, and we encourage people to get on our Facebook page. I'm the one that runs that one, so I'm always updating the Facebook page constantly, so people know we're okay, but the blog hasn't been written. <laughs> it's just kind of happened. So do you sit down and plan the seminars, uh, the agenda? Oh. How have you gotten this expertise that you now share with so many people? We did it all Research. ourselves. I'm a, I'm a researcher. Uh-huh. I'm a former attorney, and that's <laughs> one thing I can I do is research. So I would try not to do anything in a seminar that is purely my own experience. Uh I go out there and I Uh find the experts and I find out what a lot of different people are saying and then I combine the best parts of what a whole lot of people can concur on. Uh, and put these seminars together. From so that's that. a lot of work then, too. That that can be a lot of work, yeah. So how many different seminars do you do? We have... We have about 15 or 16. We have about 16 hours of seminars, mm-hmm. but some of them are you know, part one and part two oh, yeah, and, yeah. and that kind of thing. So And those have evolved over the years. I would, yeah, as we, they should. And and we learned what our what our readers wanted to learn, mm-hmm. you know, what the sure. attendees wanted to know. Like if we had a seminar that had a whole bunch of stuff in it, and all of the questions at the end was about this one little section of the seminar, then we're like, hmm, that needs to be expanded into its own seminar. So that's how a lot of the seminars got, um, we kind of just pulled out and said, this needs to be expanded on because all the questions were for this part. Mm -hmm. Take, for example, uh, technology. Internet and TV. That was once a part of an overall full-timing seminar. Well, it's its own seminar. Insurance and selecting a home base used to be part of one seminar. Now it's its own seminar. So that's kind of how we just kind of started building on. I had this, and when we separated the the Internet on the Road seminar out, I had this big, long, detailed presentation and eyes were glazing over oh, quickly quickly with all the technology. <laughs> yes. So we had to really scale that back and, and simplify it and make it. And, and at the end, everybody just says, tell me what to use that gives me the most connection with the fastest speed that's the least amount of cost. And then tell me which RV to buy. Right. That's what they do. That's what they do. Exactly. Exactly. So, the answers yeah. are never that easy <laughs> for those of us who have been doing it a while. Right. We certainly know so that. So we just kind of look and see what there's a need for uh, and then mm-hmm. build a seminar on Yeah. And an RV show uh, will call us and ask us to do a seminar, and they may have a specific topic in mind. Sure, sure. And so a lot of our seminars are geared towards full-timing. Uh-huh. We go to an RV show. It's a broader, more general audience. So then we have to adapt to mm-hmm. that audience, and that can take a little bit of time. Well, like a new one that uh, that I'm contemplating, I haven't put it together yet, but it's something that I think is going to be coming in the future is a safety seminar geared to women. 
to make them feel safe on the road? Uh, yes. We joked about it at the last rally. I had the women raise their hand. How many women in here think that they're more safety conscious than their husbands? Mm. And almost every woman in the room raised their hands. I think it's the, the mothering mm. aspect of women. We're wired more for safety than men are. As far as we just tend to go, ooh, I'm not so sure about that being safe kind mm-hmm. of thing. So that's, may, that's future topic, a perhaps? future topic uh-huh. that, that I may give to the women uh, of, we've, of we've our rallies. We just started just because of that very thing. The last two rallies, we've had a breakout session for the ladies only. Mm-hmm. And so they can go and talk with Linda and ask questions that they might be embarrassed talking, asking in front of a group. Sure. So I think what, what that stemmed from was, you know, we do a tire safety and a weight safety. I could see the women's eyes glazing over in a lot of that. And I understand the tire safety. I feel like I'm a tire I, I shouldn't say a tire expert, but I... You're I, pretty good for girl. I've learned a lot. I have learned a lot. <laughs> and I've learned a lot about weight safety. And I felt like I could take that and present it to women in a more interesting way than Howard could. Their eyes wouldn't close <laughs> over. <laughs> it just sometimes women know how to communicate better to women sure, than, yeah. than that. So that's where I'm kind of seeing it. And then we then I was kind of seeing things where... If you do things as a team, it, you know, as a team, you can be much safer than one person doing something. When you have two two people doing it, it can be a lot safer mm-hmm. doing mm-hmm. whatever it is you're doing, parking, backing, whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. We try to we try to get all of our newbie couples working as a team from the beginning because well, we've essential. just we've just seen that happen so many times in in RV parks where one person's Doing it all, everything, and it makes it so much more difficult. Yep. As I'm listening to you talk, I'm thinking about future seminars, and in the circles we travel, everybody has gray hair and wrinkles, and you are much younger than we are. I'm wondering if you get, when you go to these um, RV shows, families that are interested in more long-term More and more. Yes, we're getting we're getting younger and younger people, uh, and we are getting families um, that are coming in and interested. And in, um, a lot of those families that are considering full timing are are already homeschooling, so the transition for them is not that difficult from a schooling standpoint. Younger couples are coming, and they're becoming more interested because with technology. They don't have to quit their jobs. No. You know, they can take their jobs yeah, on the road and still travel. We even have several here at this little boondocking rally. And they're working. That are working during the day. And so Isn't that, that is one of the biggest changes that we've seen mm-hmm. is the technology aspect of it. Oh. And I mean, it's amazing here. With our satellite dish, we've had you know good satellite internet for a long time, and we would come to someplace, a rally, and we would be the ones with internet, and we would always share. Right. And... Everybody I was here so has shocked it. By when you when you said, "Who doesn't do email every day?" And everybody, one person I think who didn't do wasn't connected, wasn't connected on a daily basis. But it was, it, but his wife was. He raised yeah, his yeah, hand. I, he says, "I don't get on it." But she does. So, yeah, and that was a and that was kind of a personal decision on his part. But I mean, that's been a huge change. Have you yeah. seen other similar changes in in the RVing landscape? We have seen over time a decrease in attendance at the larger rallies uh-huh. uh, and i think fmca would confirm that and some of the some of the larger well, certainly the rally has gone mm-hmm. down right right and I, and I don't have an explanation for that um necessarily but we have seen you know attendance at, at larger events and, and maybe the way rallies used to be run for years and years and years need to be morphed well, I would posit that it's it's part of technology. You went mm-hmm. to rallies to talk to people like you. You went to rallies to see what's new. Now you do it through forums and Internet, mm-hmm. and you don't need to go in person. I think a lot of conferences have taken a dive because the technology supersedes what they're doing because it's just not necessary for us to get together and drive all those miles. I I would agree. Although I, would agree. I have to yeah. say, this is a, this has been a great experience. I mean, it's fun to get together, but maybe just not as often. Mm-hmm. Not I don't know. Maybe we limit our rallies. All the rallies that we do, we uh-huh. limit the number of people, and it allows for a more intimate experience 
among the rally goers, and we kind of purposely keep everybody together uh-huh. at our normal educational rallies. You know, we keep everything pretty much scheduled. We really don't give them a chance to, to form clicks and go off and do their own thing. We keep everybody together, communicating, getting to know one another, even in the off times. And it, it provides a different experience. And even with all the technology that's out there and, and the research that everybody can do online, I guess we're kind of at the other end of the spectrum is everybody knows that that information's out there, but now they're in a stage in their life where they're thinking about this and don't really have time to do it all themselves. Yeah. So they will come to a, a rally like our educational rallies where we package it, package it for mm-hmm. them right, and, and make it a little easier and, and less time-consuming. Because most of these people are researching this while they're still working. Right, right. You know, and that's, right. I see that as a shift well, because... And, and have- and contact with people right. you know, is important. But see, years ago, most people didn't do this lifestyle until they retired. Right. And now people are researching it way ahead of retirement. Do you know the average age of your groupie? <laughs> <laughs> For lack of a better term. <laughs> We call them groupies. Our first rally, we had a much older crowd at our mm-hmm. first rally. Which was when? And that was in 2008. Uh-huh. But that rally was... Really, the people just wanted to meet each, each other. other. It was a it was a different yeah, type yeah. of rally, uh-huh. and then our rallies changed. Then right, our rallies changed to educational, right. and every since that first one, the age has been a lot younger. Uh-huh. There, you know, we're seeing a much younger crowd at, at our I rallies. Would say average age is certainly. In the 50s. 50s, yes. You know, you're, you're focusing on a different group, which is great. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's... Uh, that's what we're drawing. Well, and you have longevity to go with it, too. <laughs> <laughs> we hope. <laughs> so, so that kind of leads into the, into the next obvious question. When we interview again in uh, five years in 2018... Wow. <laughs> how are you going to look back at uh, 2013? Wow. What's, what's coming up, in other words? What changes do you see? Um, you must be going to before then. You must be going to have to have a new rig. Please don't say that. I don't want oh, a new rig. <laughs> I don't think. I don't want a new. I don't expect in the next five years. Really? I don't expect to have a new rig. Really? No, I, I don't. Okay. Um, we'll. New. I do expect new flooring. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. And a, yeah, we'll probably have to put a new roof. Well, do you on, see? Do you but. see expanding in other areas? Uh, the 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 website has been so popular. So obviously, you've gone into Facebook and Twitter. I assume. I've got it connected. Anytime I post on Facebook, mm-hmm. it, it Twitters. Twitters, but I don't really go we're to not, Twitter. Yeah, we're not a well, typical okay. Twitter user. Yeah. yeah. So where are you going? <laughs> we've 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 talked about you know videos and and things that like that. Like a crowded market at the moment right now though. and we've just seen it's such a huge cost yeah. to um, have to have videos done or, yes right with good production values it's just really expensive and you have to sell them a low price point in order to sell them but then it your margins are so tight it takes forever to recover the initial investment and, so. and and you know we're, well, we're I, cash I, people so yeah. <laughs> here's the way i look at that to me the joy of teaching uh-huh is having them right there with me. Right. Because that is my joy. Mm-hmm. Seeing the light bulb go on, mm-hmm. getting mm-hmm. the feedback from them. If we just went to videos where people could buy a video or or have mm-hmm. um, what they call um, webinars mm-hmm. and things sure. like that where I can't have someone well, there think, with well, I me. I think you'd find webinars would be cool. Cause that now, webinars inter- may be different because I can get a little bit of feedback. Not but a little. I love mm-hmm. being with the people. Yeah. I love I love that feedback, that energy, it would take away so much of my joy if we just, you know, I, I'd rather have them come to my rallies. I don't want them. They've really shaped your program, and you know that you're delivering what they want to hear. Yes, yes. I mean, that's my joy. Don't take, you know, I don't want my joy taken away. I could okay, see. so you're going to be doing more seminars? We're probably going to do more. i to think about the future. Uh, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> Yeah. We think we'll probably do more of They're these. Too busy. <laughs> we think we'll do more of the boondocking rallies. We we uh-huh. really ha- enjoy this. I think I think everybody's having a good time, and we'll probably add a boondocking one rally. In, in so because we're doing two route ra- two educational rallies a year. Yeah. Uh, and then if we add the boondocking, that makes three of those a year. Um, Do you think about forming a partnership with somebody or, or becoming more f- formalized or hiring a, additional people to help you? Or No. 
I don't, I, <laughs> well, I mean, as you expand, I mean, you know, that we don't see that. Ba- yeah. Some back end people they could mm-hmm. take care of the rally I don't organization and stuff. We do a lot of the stuff ourselves, it, strictly from a financial standpoint. Yeah, yeah. You know, once you start getting into bringing on other people, then then you're dealing with the red tape of yeah, having yeah. a. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. And and I've been there. You know, we've run businesses yeah. before, and in this in this modern age, with the way you know regulations are and 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 uh, taxes and everything, it's just that's draining. You know, all along, and Tedious. you you might I don't even know if we ever even talked about that mm. in our last uh-huh. interview, but all along in our this lifestyle change, right. we always said we were going to let things just happen. Mm-hmm. So when you're asking us about what's going on in the future, you see we're struggling because mm-hmm. all along it just and, and, and just, things it just kind happen, of things yes. just yeah. kind of yeah. happened, and we'd say, okay, this is the direction we're going to go. Right. We we still have not done any type of marketing push yeah. of yeah. any kind, no. and that's certainly out there, and we could certainly make a whole lot more money. But we don't want we, to. But, you know, our big thing is making sure that we maintain that balance uh, of the RV lifestyle, which we love. I've talked with some other people about a mega website for education. Yeah, yeah. And so we've talked about that kind of thing. And, and maybe that'll happen if it happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've talked about whether or not there is any demand for personal consulting services for yeah, people yeah. that are could be something else. interested in doing this. And you know, and with those people on doing a one-on-one, we could get online and we could Skype with them and actually talk yeah, to them yeah, face-to-face yeah. electronically. And and uh, I just don't know if there's uh, there's a demand for that. And then you have to determine you know what the pricing should be and what's a fair price. And, sure. and we're we're always conscious about trying to make Making, sure people get value. Yeah, I would you agree know, with you. We are the... we are certainly charging for our services. Yeah. But we also like to make sure that people get a fair value. And, but you did decide not to charge for your website. Yes. <laughs> because <laughs> yes. never quite. Got the end of the, the, the bottom line there. That's when RV dreams like, almost ceased to exist. Oh really? When we started thinking about making it a club, club. And, uh-huh, and, uh-huh. and charging a membership fee. Um, yeah, we just... We got some negative feedback that really struck us. A little negativity yeah. hits us, and yeah. it overrides a lot of the positive. Right, right, right. So we... As much as we're out there, we still haven't grown thick enough skin. <laughs> it really hurt us oh. with some of the things that oh, really? were said. We both really had to take a hard look at what are we going to do from now on. And we were struggling trying to figure out how we were going to make money. And yeah. provide that value. And provide right. the value. Right. Yeah. You know, and yeah. how much extra work that was actually going to be to provide right. that extra mm-hmm. value. I mean, we had to make sure having the the... The RV Dreams website, mm-hmm. having the forum, having the chat room, all of those things cost us. They are not free. No, They're free to the people who use them, but we're and charged on how some, many some benefit right. We're charged on how many page views are on our forum. Really? We are charged by the view, oh, page really? view. Wow. But people don't see that. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. we were just trying to figure out what we needed was a consistent right. Right. money coming in, not exactly. money here and money there. Right. We needed a consistent amount of money coming in. And so the membership thing was our thought to be the solution to that. Yeah, it's a logical. And uh, Maybe your reaction was negative, but. Right. And, and, <laughs> well, and, and why should I pay for something I've gotten for free? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. So we just had to think, okay, we've got to figure this out. Right now, things are going pretty good. This is we're starting with all the little businesses mm-hmm. that we have. This year has really started out well. That last year ended well with if with we had income. Not had the truck yeah. expenses yeah, yeah, last yeah. year. We would have covered our expenses mm-hmm. last year, and that would have been the first year we've ever covered mm-hmm. all of our expenses. Say it takes at least five years for our business to, right. to recover its expenses. Right. So you've been very straightforward overall about your expenses. I mean, you publish. Mm-hmm. A budget every year on the on the website, and you know that's I think one of your fortes is that you are willing to share that. Mm-hmm. And and do you see that continuing? Are you going to be able to continue the positive balance sheet at the end of the year? It looks good. Yeah, we're not going to get rich, and we're not going to pad our accounts by any means. Yeah. Right now, it, it's looking good, but everything could change tomorrow. 
Yeah. And we're prepared for that. I mean, that's that's our big thing is is always what's the worst that can happen. We have a multiple streams of income, so that if any one of them mm-hmm. goes away, then it doesn't devastate. It, it doesn't us. devastate us, right? But is RV Dreams self-supporting though? The costs of the website certainly is self-supporting. It is. Yes. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. But paying our personal yeah. everyday expenses, we're close. Uh-huh. We're getting close. Finally, getting uh-huh. close. Yeah, we might have to stop, and we might have to do a work camping job, another yeah. you know forty hours. We're not planning to do that in the future. We're not planning on it mm-hmm. because we we think we're better served yes. for our community and for yeah, ourselves. I would agree to use those four months out of the year and concentrate but on. But you got to do what you got to do, right? Yeah, yeah. So if we need quick adding the second work. rally a year was one of the oh, things really? that we uh-huh. that we did. To say, okay, we're not going to uh-huh. uh, work camp was, let's add another rally. Now we've added a third. And now this third one, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So. Of course, this doesn't generate any revenue, really. Yes, it did. Well, yeah, but I mean, well, okay. Yeah. Not too much. No. Not a whole lot. <laughs> multiply. Not a whole lot, but, yeah, but I mean, it did. Yeah, if you did it a couple times, though. Yeah. Be... I mean, and, and to us, every little bit is is wonderful. So. Well, it's been wonderful to have you uh, share with your experiences again. And yeah. as the first return in engagement here, we're very happy to, <laughs> very happy to be here. And uh, it's been really rewarding just to see all uh, the adventures that you've been on and the, the way that you've been traveling and the way that you're able to make a living out of this. I don't mm-hmm. think I could do that, but uh, it's very exciting to see. So thanks a lot for, for joining Thanks us. for having us. Thank you so thanks much. Thanks for being yeah. here. Yeah, we appreciate you being here. <laughs> Thank you very, very much, Howard and Linda. We appreciate the time that you spent with us, and we had fun catching up with you and hearing how things are going in your very unique full-timing life. Exactly. And, of course, they are at rv-dreams.com, and you can read their blog. You can see all of the information that they have for uh, beginning RVers right there. And, of course, visit their website as well as go to their rallies because I think they have a couple of rallies you, coming you, up. You can learn a lot from Every, their Yes, you can learn an awful lot of, if you're looking to get started in RV. They have uh, some pretty unbiased re, uh, information. Well, I think they try, as we do, to share their experiences right. and their opinions right. drawn on their experiences. So this takes us to the end, and we will be. You probably won't see us in a in a campground near you this month, or for a while, or for a while. But we will be uh, thinking about you and uh, sharing our lifestyle with you as we go down the road. So hopefully, we will see you in a campground near us. And if not, please continue to keep in touch with emails. We really appreciate hearing from you. Sometimes you give us ideas about things we should be talking about. Exactly. And that's at Navigator at rvnavigator.com. Talk to you next month. Bye for now.